you know who will be playing for your defense on <laughs> Sunday? Uh, so they'll be wearing uh, blue helmets. I know that. So, yeah, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. It's a little, little funky right now. <laughs> Who's uh, up at corner if Adori and Robinson are out? Oh, uh, you know, we'll find out more today, you know, but, you know, you know, you know, so, you know, no JB, you know, JB will be playing. And from there, we'll see what's happening. But, like, you know, we got guys, you know, Jer Jerome does a good job of getting those guys ready. So, whoever's out there, no excuses. I know this Dallas doesn't care. So, <laughs> one of those guys that might be up is Jaron Williams. I mean, what, what have you seen from him the first couple times he got out there? I think the one thing about Jaron that stood out to us early on, I would go back even to last year. One, he can run. Two, he's physical, you know, and he's a young player who's who's improved every time we've given him a shot. So that's the main things that stick out to me. Um, and then in the classroom, real diligent worker in terms of how he goes about preparing and studying. And, you know, that's that's very encouraging there. But just the, the improvement that happens day to day, that's all you can ask from a young player with not without having a lot of experience. Now, normally you would probably move Julian to, a, to an empty spot where you where you need help, but you have like three or four of those spots. I mean, he, he can only go to one. How do you, how do you decide where where to play Julian in the in the situation like this. Well, you know the thing, Julian. Julian, the, the the benefit of having Julian, aside from being a great person, good worker, and generally a good football player, is the fact that he could play a bunch of different spots. And you know he's a jack of all trades. You know he's played safety, he's played corner, he's played sub linebacker. So really, it's about figuring it out. Like really today, using today's practice to kind of figure it out. You know, kind of got an idea as we go into it for practice today. But you know, you never know what curveball you're going to be. Thrown, and you know we gotta adjust, and that's the you know. I mean, we, luckily we've been trained to do that, and we just got you know. I can see some more adjustments coming about. <laughs> Pat, your disguises and whatnot have given a lot of really good quarterbacks trouble over the last couple of years. The one guy who, even before you got here, the first time you were here, has always killed the Giants is Dak Prescott. Why? What does like why did why is he not maybe susceptible to some of the things other guys are? Um I, I think it starts with the fact he's a good player. You know, he's a real good player. Um and he has good players around him. And you know they do a good job of protecting him up front. Uh, the, the main thing when you think about Dallas in my mind, no matter what the numbers are um at any given point of the year or what year it is and I think it comes from ownership, um, definitely comes from the head coaches over the last few years, you know, and uh, I know with Mike, it starts with the run game and their commitment to the run game. And you can see the commitment through just the economics of how their team is set up, you know, whether it's Zeke, whether it's Pollard, who's a very good player, you know, I mean, they're lucky to have him as a number two. I mean, again, most teams he would be a number one. I could see that. Uh, the commitment to the offensive line. Um, so, I mean, I think that, that it starts there, you know, him being a good player and having a lot of weapons around him. Uh, and he's a pretty smart player. You could see him, like, you know, the combination of Kellen just getting him, um, you know, the opportunity to really the offense runs through the quarterback. You can see all the checks that get made at the line of scrimmage, whether it's, you know, seeing Blitz checking the screen, whether you see the check with me run game that they, they uh, implement. I mean, he, you know, he's got complete control of the offense. And I think he's earned the right to be in that, st in terms of that elite status, in terms of how he's able to execute. And so that's what you really see from him. But, you know, I mean, I, I hope it's not just us. He gives problems. I mean, this guy's been pretty good. <laughs> but, you know, so we got to see what we could do Sunday. What do you, do you take from that Chargers game? The Chargers game, um, you know, 
it's a lot of things there from that game, you know, like, you know, one, we got to do a better job fundamentally. Like, we got to do a better job tackling, defending the deep part of the field, stuff we talk about all the time. Um, I think, you know, we could talk about the fight and all that stuff, you know, like guys fought hard. Um, second half came out, played hard. We just, you know, the bottom line is this. We got to just, we got to execute better, you know, as a coach. Myself, I got to execute better. The players got to execute better. And I, thankfully, all our guys know that, all, and all the coaches know that. So, I mean, when you, when you, when you lose a game, usually it comes down to execution. Um, you know, it, I mean, like, experience doesn't matter. None of that stuff matters on Sunday. It's about executing. And, we, you know, I think we just got to do a better job of executing, to be honest with you. you draw up a game plan. Are you drawing up a game plan to stop what Dallas does? Or do you do it because these are the guys I have and I have to put them in the best position? I think you got to take both into consideration. You know, obviously, you want to stop what they do best and try to make them beat you left-handed. Um, that's a big part of uh, the philosophy. But... Um, also, you don't want to go too far outside the box or outside the framework of what guys can do, you know. So, you know, I think it's, it's, it's a balancing act right there in terms of when you go into the game plan. As a, as a defensive coach, Pat, yep. can you appreciate a Micah Parsons? Yeah, I mean, you, we knew Micah in terms of just, you know, just watching him on his college tape. I mean, he's a very active player. Um, I haven't watched a lot of, I mean, I've seen crossover tape. I mean, he's being disruptive in the pass rush. He's been disruptive in the run game. I mean, that's why he was drafted where he was drafted. He's a, he's a good football player, um, you know, just hope he doesn't have a good game on Sunday. But, you know, just, I mean, the guy works hard. Uh, it looks like he works hard uh, doing a good job playing football. And, I mean, he's disruptive. So, yeah, you can appreciate that. You know, you, when you watch the crossover tape, you see the good players out there, you know. You see the Chris Joneses of the world from Kansas City. You see those guys. You see Judon from New England. You see those guys, all those guys doing a good job. And, you know, the players like to see those guys, too, because it's stuff you can learn from, too. So what do you uh, how do you fill the void if you don't have Leonard? Um, He's a huge part of your defense this year, playing a ton of snaps. And yeah, I mean, just, you know, next man up mentality. Um, and I think, you know, in terms of obviously Leo provides a a spark, a good energy for our group, um, production as an uh, interior player, and also getting those reps on the outside. So it really just be from, again, the group of men that we have on the team and just see, you know, again, I don't know if you could ever really replace Leo. And I mean, again, Joe will talk about the injury stuff and all that stuff, but like, if, you know, you know, any of our players are down, any of our starting players are down, like, obviously it's the next man up mentality and we see where it goes from there. Who is the next man up? Was that Raymond? I mean, like, it's a combination of guys, you know. So the thing about Leo is he plays so many different spots. If you watch, you know, when you watch, when you watch the tape, he's on the edge, he's on the inside. So, you know, like, it can be supplemented by a bunch of guys. So, you know, like, whether it's Raymond, uh, Q, Aziz, based on what the situation is, it could, it could vary. It could vary. Pat, what makes Julian Love a leader? It seems like he's kind of growing a little bit into that role on your defense. I think guys respect the fact, one, his intelligence, you know, and I'm not just saying because of the Notre Dame thing or anything like that, but just his intelligence as a football player. They know that this guy's a jack of all trades. Not, not all players can handle that. Hey, 
plug you in here. Hey, plug you in here. I mean, I think just naturally players respect that when you're able to do that, not have mental errors, be out there and be competitive. I think players just naturally respect that, you know, just like players naturally respect guys who are really productive. So I think whether his leadership is vocal and, and then you got to take into consideration his role on special teams. I mean, he's out there playing PP. That Naturally, that's a leadership role. There's a lot of communication that goes on there, similar to the safety spot. You know, I, again, I've never coached special teams at this level, but that PP position is like being the quarterback out there for one of the most important plays in football, the punt. So I just think that naturally his voice, you know, carries some weight because of the positions he plays. Can you talk a little bit more about Raymond Johnson, about the development that he's yeah. made this year? I think just, and this is me personally just talking about him, I remember going through the process when the undrafted free agency started and just how much we wanted him here and just expressed that to him. Um, saw what I saw on tape and just like really liked his uh, physicality for a position. You know, you go back to his tape there, he was playing a four eye a lot of times, you know, so like, you know, and, his, and he's, you know, smaller guy. Well, he was a smaller guy, but playing a four eye, being physical, playing with his hands. Um, and able to generate some pass rush from that position, which is tougher a lot of times because you you know you're slightly inside the tackle, generating some pressure there. I thought that was positive, but the thing I've seen the most, his demeanor has changed, going transitioning in that rookie year to understand he's a professional football player. And what I mean by that is. Um, he has a seriousness about him. And I'm not saying he was, he was never someone to be silly or anything like that, but there's a seriousness about how he's going about his preparation. Um, again, I don't go through the day-to-day with him in terms of how he's taking care of his body, but the mental prep, um, again, the demeanor in the meetings, um, that you could definitely see a growth there. And that's always encouraging because, again, I always try to tell, explain to the players, you know, like once you get to this level, you don't have to worry about class. You know, most of these guys aren't married or have kids. I'm like, you don't have to worry about that. All you really got to worry about is football. I said, so like, if you want to set yourself up, you know, to be the best football player you could be, set yourself up for life. Let's just focus on that right now, you know, because there's going to be plenty of distractions out there. You know, we live here in New York City. There's a bunch of distractions everywhere. I'm like, just focus on that. And again, you could just see his demeanor and how he's going about it. I'm really encouraged by that.